Welcome to episode one of I Have an Idea podcast, where a dollar will cost you 18 rand 79, a great British pound 23 rand 46, and a euro will set you back 20 rand and 38 cents. In episode one, I play back a audio recording of a conversation between myself and a friend of mine, Christy Murphy from the UK, who has kind of guided me through the process of getting my first episode out and really what we do is we just unpack my thinking behind the podcast and also some of the background and information that got me to this point so for all of those that are listening i hope you enjoy it and i hope you take some kind of value from the episode so then lawrence my man who are you why are we talking today well, I think today we're talking to unpack an idea that has been in my mind for a while and something that has just kind of caused like a, a fundamental shift in my life and who I am. Mm. I've been an entrepreneur now for about six years since I started my first business. I started a retail and wholesale coffee business. Retail and wholesale um, coffee. Yeah, yeah. So it's called the Coffee Exchange. I mean, you know, prior to that, I was working in corporate, but I had always had the aspiration of being my own boss and, uh, you know, calling the shots for myself. And a long series of events led me to eventually starting the Coffee Exchange. And as much as it was like a business, particularly in coffee, it was more just also being an entrepreneur. You know, I think like a lot of entrepreneurs share some core characteristics that are not specific to an industry. So whether you get an entrepreneur who's got a coffee business or an entrepreneur who's got a business making face masks or shoes or whatever it is, or providing a service, I think still, at the heart, you're looking mm. at probably a relatively similar person. I hear so, you. There's like a core, yeah. there's like a core interest in them. Exactly. I mean, one of the, business. yeah, one of the things you said to me that really stuck with me the last time we spoke was, was, uh, expanding resources. When we was talking about your, the shift that you're making now, uh, you know, from coffee into a kind of, uh, the, the deeper waters, you kept coming back to this idea of like freeing up resources and creating resources. Is that something that's always been with you, mate? Yeah, well, I think it's that conversation that we had is something that, you know, this, this is part being born out of necessity and part being born out of like a further vision. Mm. So obviously we're recording this at this time where, um, you know, the global economy is basically being shut down by the coronavirus yes. and, it's had a specifically very hard impact on my current business on the mm. coffee exchange. And it's kind of made me step back and look at what it is that I'm doing now and what it is that I'm going to be doing in the future. And I've kind of looked and said, okay, like what I've built over the last six years and everything that I've put into the business that I currently have, it's just changing and it's just not going to be the same anymore. On what sort and, of level, Law? We're, we're talking, I mean, is it just going to be a bit difficult to get through this? 
is is the business going to survive like what's the what's the current situation yeah well i think like the current situation is that i don't ever think the business can be the same anymore i've what what i've looked at and what i've seen is that the face of like retail businesses has just changed so specifically in my country we've had a situation where we've had like increases in input costs a lot of our inputs being uh us dollars and we've had a significantly weakening local currency that being the south african rand mm. and what it's done is it's essentially made these businesses less and less profitable because we've also had an increasing tax burden on our middle class and consumers are becoming poorer and what this is kind of, this has been exacerbated, obviously, by this economic shutdown that's happening, not just here, but all over the world. Mm. And I think this is where we come to this, like, it's a multifaceted discussion, but also this is where we get to this thing of freeing up resources. I now look at the current operation that I have, which is three restaurants and a wholesale coffee business. And I don't see enough resources in that business to continue to fund and continue to fund my own growth and the growth of that business. So this is where I've also been looking at what can I do as an entrepreneur in order to free up more resources yeah. and in order also to continue to, to grow as an entrepreneur, because I'm not the same person that I was six years ago. Yeah. And how can I look at this whole holistic picture and where do I want to go with what I have? Yeah. And where do I want to go with myself into these deep waters as you described it? <laughs> and you know, that is where I've started to, to formulate this, this new idea that I have and this new mm. concept that I have, but you know, they still remain intrinsically linked to, you know, my, my current business. So I think mm. while they, while they're intrinsically linked, they're also different discussions. So I think for the business that I have, I don't think many businesses are ever going to be the same after this. And I think this new venture of mine is about personal growth as well as freeing up resources inside of my current business that I do have, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I hear you. I just want to get a little bit more concrete. Like one of the things that we spoke about last time that was pretty fascinating for me was you said how that you've realized that this crisis and, and the crisis of this business, which you put six years of effort into, which is, you know, for a lot of people, they would be desperate and completely despondent where you are now. Like you're essentially looking at something you've put six years into. It's either been mortally wounded or it's dead you know like it's changed fundamentally it's not the same as it was and you had an attitude which i think i would want it inspired me and i would want other people to hear you were sitting here and we were talking and you were saying there needs to be an evolution out of this i need to re fundamentally shift things around not just so that this business can either be resuscitated or somehow um kind of rise from the ashes of this situation but me personally i i've been limiting myself in xy number of ways and this crisis is actually an opportunity for me to take those shackles off and reassess 
where my value is best placed, where my energy is best placed in and outside of the business. And I was just wondering if, if we could like talk about that a bit because it was fascinating for me. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously having been a student of business for a long time when I studied my master's degree and having started my own business and, you know, I've done some lecturing work to students specifically studying BCom entrepreneurship one of the you know one of the core concepts of entrepreneurship and one of the cores to any successful entrepreneur i think is that you need to be able to sometimes just step away from something and realize that okay this may not have been as successful as i wanted it to be mm. so you know that goes into my own current business that i have is I've, like you said, I've put a lot of effort into it, a lot of time. And we as an, and I as an entrepreneur, sometimes you just have to be able to step away from something and say, it is not this business idea or this business that is the, the core component of who I am. It's me. Mm. You know, I am the ultimate resource. Wow. And I guess obviously you'll get in life, you'll get those people who are lucky the first thing they ever tried worked out. But I think if you speak to most successful entrepreneurs for everything they've had that's a success, they've probably had at least one or two failures. Minimum. <laughs> exactly. And I think for me, like that's exactly what you're saying. This crisis that I've been placed into has been an opportunity for self-reflection to say, you know what? here is a crossroads here is an opportunity for me to decide mm. where i go after this and i think without this who knows how long i may have potted down the same path without being able to to make the decision to say okay in some shape or form i'm going to detach myself from this and i'm going to do something different and it's not a, and to also to, to not view it as a failure because in, in the last six years I've grown, I've developed and whether or not my business were to close down, which I don't think it will, but even if it were to say, that's not the success or failure, the success or failures inside of me. And it's what have I learned and how am I able to apply myself the next time yes and that i don't get despondent and that you rather try and be excited about the fact that you know you've come to this this revelation this moment that you're going to go somewhere different and try something new and mm. i think you know that as i said is is it's not a failure it's a different kind of success and i think success also comes wrapped up in many different forms i mean you know obviously you know, everybody will say, well, how much money do you have in the bank? That's your, you know, that's the definition of success. But mm. I think it is wider than that. And, uh, you know, it's, it comes a lot from, like I say, inside of you. Mm. And are you happy with what you have done? And are you happy with where you're going? Mm. And I think that's getting back to the saying, I think I've come to realization that where I want to go is somewhere different from where I have been for yes. the last six years. Yeah. Yeah. That evolution. I mean, we was talking a bit about 
Dan Locke and the same ideas are there. You know, Dan's one of the most successful people, quote unquote, by the stereotypical norms in the world, right? I mean, he's a multimillionaire, whatever, but he failed at 13 businesses before he made a profit. He was, 80, he was 180 grand in debt, you know? And I think when I talk to you, I see that you, you talked about that kind of core identity in an entrepreneur. One of the reasons that I, that I like spending time with you and I like listening to you, Lawrence, is because I see something of the same thing in you as in him, you know, which is like a persistent return to the idea that I'm going to somehow find a way to create something that's, that's valuable. I think that's what entrepreneurship is at its heart. No, it's about creating something of value. And when you're talking about like bringing it back to a different type of success there's so many people out there you hear commit suicide when the business fails or, or just go through really really rough times my heart goes out to them because they're they're connected in a way to the material like the, the business or the profit margin in a way that i think is pretty unfortunate so it was really liberating for me to talk to you about it and hear you coming at it from an angle where you're like look if this doesn't work out there's something else that I can do. Like I'm more than any one particular iteration of a business or any one particular idea. I'm not going to get hung up on it. I'm going to keep moving forward. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's, that's key. And you talk about Dan and say the same thing. It's like, well, you know, I mean, I wouldn't come out of my current business without a, a debt either. And I think, you know, a lot of people view like let's say a debt in a business as the, that is the reason why I must continue to drive this thing, no matter how hard, um, you know, no matter how much I feel I'm beating my head against a wall, I have to, I have to pay this back. I have to do this, but you know, if ultimately you're not making progress in that, you have to have the courage sometimes to, to be able to, to walk away with one business that has debt in it and say, you know what, I'm going to do something different and mm. I'm going to, you know, I will, I will pay my debt back from this new venture. Mm. And I think that is, yeah, I think it, it's definitely something that requires a lot of courage and perhaps something that people get too, too, too kind of stuck on. And mm. I think a lot of people, will be stuck in a mindset in a business and not wanting to let it go. So, you know, I understand where those people are coming from, um, but it is the core to any entrepreneur. Like you say, 13 businesses that failed before making it rich. You know, that to me is the classic story of an entrepreneur. Absolutely, yeah. Somebody who has a lot of entrepreneurial courage, because I think if you find a look at a lot of people who, who are in the sort of traditional jobs economy. Mm. Um, you know, those who sit behind a desk from nine to five in a corporate structure. Mm. I think to a lot of those people, you if you spoke to them, they'd say, yeah, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to start my own business. I'd love to work for myself. But then if you were to really interrogate them and say, and find out if they had the courage to make these kind of decisions, to get themselves into debt, to try something different and understand the real risk that it might fail. Mm. You'll find that's what sort of keeps those people behind a desk sort of in a, that nine to five traditional jobs economy. 
Yeah, man. And I mean, it certainly has done it for me at different po points in my life. And uh, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not necessarily at my core entrepreneur first, but there's definitely a part of me that's a creator, you know, and I think that's what I share with entrepreneurs is that, that need, that drive to create. Um, so those people, I mean, and I've been in that situation, the courage isn't there a lot of the time because they don't take the first step. And I wanted to bring that back to, to you and, and talk about the platform that you, like the idea that's come out of this uh, crisis for you, I think is a very powerful one, you know, because a lot of people need encouragement in taking those first steps or even going through the iterations, taking the step back that you're, that you're about to take back, reassessing, pivoting, as they call it, you know, like in, in, the, in the technical parlance. Um, and I was just wondering if we could talk a bit about that kind of reality, like, who, who's here? What do you want to do? What's kind of coming to you now? So I think what this, this point of self-reflection has made me think, okay, so like, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? Like, what is my next idea? Mm. And what it actually led me to was an epiphany of saying like, hold on, what I love is is the concept of an idea and I love looking at different like you know people and different industries and understanding how they tick okay mm. what what makes this industry tick what makes it profitable um, who makes this industry tick and I actually realized that I have this passion for ideas mm. and I thought to myself well if that's something that I feel inside of me, like how does that translate into, into an actual, like into an actual concept? And I thought to myself, I would love to create a platform where people with ideas, whether they are currently entrepreneurs or currently sitting behind a desk, mm. It doesn't matter. What I would want to do is just create like a space and a community where people can bring forward like ideas or concepts that they have. Mm. And I could create a community of people that can help link different people's ideas and skills together yeah. to ultimately bring a concept to a market because mm. You know, I think in the past, people had this very guarded idea, like, oh, if you've got a business idea, you keep mum on what it is and mm. you don't tell anyone because Joe's going to steal it from you and you're going to keep it to yourself. And probably 99% of those things don't go anywhere. Mm. I think like in the, the information age, mm. we've got to have also the courage to share our ideas with other people in order to facilitate making them real. Because I think the, the, the core of what we've got to look at here is just say the global economy is changing. Jobs as we know them and this jobs economy as I call it, which I think probably our parents and our parents' parents um, lived through an age where the jobs economy was the dominant economic structure. People worked for a company, got a pension at 65, retired on that pension and lived out the rest of their life. That reality is changing. We're now in a world where I think what we need to do is we need to look at ourselves 
and do an internal skills audit and say, what, what am I good at? What can I do? What is my passion? And then you have to translate that into an actual product or service that can be applied in the market. Mm. And sometimes that's not so easy. So that's what my thinking was around is saying, okay, guys, like let's, let's create a space where we can listen to one another, do that internal skills audit and help realize turning ideas and skills into products and services in the real world that you can market and make money out of. That's I think that in a nutshell is, is pretty much the, the concept of what I want to do. Yeah. I mean, there's a seismic shift and I think something that could be, you know, a great, a great success because this, this transition is happening, whether people want it to or not, you know, as you said, it's kind of inexorable technology gives technology takes away. Like we had, uh, we had the eighties and the nineties where maybe people could have a career in one company and yada, yada, that, that time's gone, as you've said. So now there's an opportunity to, to get people doing There's a Liberty in the sense that people can are free to develop the skills that they want. You don't have to be stuck necessarily anymore, but there's also a great challenge in the sense that I, I know for me, it was terrifying deciding, well, which direction do I go? Which, which mm. of my skills are valuable. And I had all kinds of ideas in my head and all kinds of blind spots that I couldn't see. And I think one of the, one of the things that a community or a group of people or someone with your experience, you've been in business, you've been in charge of a business, you know how it feels to trust people and not trust people when they're on the job. You've got a kind of intrinsic feel, and I'm sure you have to develop this as you branch out into helping people in, in different fields. But there's, there's knowledge there and experience to help guide people on that journey. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And what I think it is, is that we are kind of living in an uncharted territory because mm. we are the generation that is going through this change. So we are the ones that are going to have to learn this lesson to pass it down because as, as the traditional job is becoming a lot more scarce, people are looking around them and it's a, it's an ongoing change, not something that's already happened. So perhaps in like, five years or 10 years or 20 years, this, this like economic shift will be far more entrenched and people will have a much better idea of saying, okay, if you don't fit into the traditional jobs economy, which is growing ever smaller and smaller, this is the accepted way of how we make a living or how we fit into the economy. Yeah. We, the generation that doesn't know that because we are the ones who are, are sort of, leading through this change so, and i think that that's kind of what makes it makes it even more difficult for people who are kind of let's say like every day globally companies are retrenching traditional staff not hiring more so every day more and more people are being thrust from the traditional job economy into it's an academic concept and i like to use that word to to make it more identifiable it's it's an idea economy an and the idea economy, economy is, is an economy where you create value 
through your ideas and concepts and translating them into marketable services and products. So that I would say is a, is a way of kind of summing up this change that we're going through. And as, as more and more people are being, whether they like it or not, being thrust into this idea economy, which as I said, is still an ongoing change. I think a lot of people are probably feel very lost and this is what I think someone like me and my platform that I'm building is going to be able to help people to say, listen, it's okay. You're not alone. And, um, there is a community and there are people out there that can help you make this transition because mm. you have to change whether you like it or not. If mm. you are retrenched from a job in a sector that is continually contracting, um, you still got to somehow make a living. You still got to somehow pay your rent. You still got to somehow, uh, you know, pay your bills. And I guess a lot of people have, made this transition without even you know putting a finger on it and saying that's what happened oh for sure i mean can i share a personal story yeah please like one of the things that was that was uh, amazing for me to to be a witness to in the last couple of years since since i really buckled down and committed to a relationship is i, I met a wonderful woman in the library where she was working and uh, i mean maria worked her library job while she was studying and she had this job, but maybe I think eight months into our relationship, they let all of the young people go. They made them redundant and they only kept the contracts on the older staff. Mm. Right. So they've essentially, it, it's usually you'd think it'd be the other way around. Like right? they let the old people go and they keep the young one. It was the opposite. And this is a university. So I'm sure it wasn't necessarily an easy thing for them to do, but that's what they did. So Maria gets the notice that she's going to be made redundant from her student university library job, yeah? <laughs> and uh, like when we first met, I came into her room and I noticed there was a painting on her wall. And I said, like, honey, where's, where's that painting come from? It's, I loved it, it was beautiful. And she said, oh, you know, it's something I did at this, uh, this event, this art night event, blah, 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 blah. And she just put it down. But I kept coming back to, you know, seeing it and complimenting it. And she started doing more and more art. And it turns out she just got books and books and books full of paintings and drawings and stuff that she's made and that she's been quietly developing these skills for years since she was very, very small. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I just kept saying to her, you know, I think your art's incredible. I think you've got a great skill here. It's got a talent and a gift and you clearly love it. And anyway, things go on. And, and then one day she came home from, from work and she sat, she was sitting down and she said to me, I, I need to tell you something. And I was like, okay <laughs> i've always going to be serious you know and she said to me uh i've done something either very brave or very stupid so i'm kind mm -hmm. of waiting in now with bated breath you know like looking deep into her eyes and thinking okay what's coming next and she said uh i applied for a job uh, at art night and art night is like this company that's come out in the last few years and put on events for people to go to and had experiences, you know, it's like, this is the, the experience economy. Like you go, um, on a holiday and everything's taken care of for you. You go to a bar and it's an ice bar, you go to an art night and they provide all of the resources, materials, pens, pencils, paint, canvas for you to make a painting. And they're going to teach you how to do a particular painting. There's okay. room for you to do it your way. 
but you've got an artist there who's teaching you and you've got all the materials provided for you. Just show up, have a drink, do your thing. So she started doing this and, you know, it was going really well. She started off on pretty much the same money from the, from the library, which wasn't a lot, you know, cause it was a part-time job at the library, but within six or seven months, she became top rated artist in the, in the company in Berlin. And the higher the personal rating you get from your customers, the more they increase your pay per customer. So mm. she ended up going from, you know, like a few hundred bucks a month for a few hours at the library to taking home like 1800 a month for, for, for two nights a week, you know? So there's mm. exponential growth in her earnings, but she wasn't even interested in that. She was more interested in, in that she just took the job because she liked the painting. She'd been there once. She had the skill set and the passion for it. Fast forward, if, can I, if I may go on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Fast forward a few, like a year and a half, we have coronavirus. Yeah. And we're sitting here and we're thinking, okay, what are we going to do? We've got a certain amount of money saved, but not infinite, you know? And she says, okay, they've canceled all my art nights for the next uh, 12 weeks. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that's a, that's a pretty, pretty serious uh, amount of money to be gone. And although we was getting commissions for her and, and advertising her Instagram and picking up designs that she was putting online and things like that and exploring other avenues of income, that was 90% of the income for her, you know? Mm. But somehow, by fortune, by grace, it actually turned into an opportunity because they started advertising and saying, well, we need people. We're going to change. They said, we got to change our business model or we're going to die. We can't go eight to 12 weeks without having some kind of income as a business. And all of their income has been basically hospitality. You know, people walking through doors, getting into large groups. So they said, we're going to go online and we need a few artists who are going to come and record um, tutorials. We're just going to do art nights online and maybe we go either one to one of two ways. We'll just do the, the courses and people can pay for the, the course, or maybe we'll also do a delivery of, of materials and supplies. We'll see how it works out, but they, they decided they're going to evolve. And for some reason they decided on Maria. So we've been talking about her starting her own YouTube channel or this or that. And I could feel a lot of resistance in her, but being in the right place at the right time and having, taking the leap of, of investing in these skills and trying to market them as she was, they said to her, we want you. So now she's getting 200 euros a day to record YouTube tutorials on how to paint a drawing. So she's getting, so it's actually turned around and become an even more profitable thing for her, mm. you know? Mm. And I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but she, she did pretty much exactly what you were saying, you know? Mm, yeah. she, made, she made she was kind of forced and and also leapt into that transition it's and it's like it's a fantastic example of uh, a microcosm of this whole concept of um of this transition to what i like to call that idea economy because i think what you've also given an example of there's an important split of like let's call it macro and micro level because what happened is this concept of the art night. I mean, whoever conceptualized that, that is, that is the type of, that's the type of thinking that I would like to attract on my platform. Mm. So 
the whoever's standing behind that concept is somebody who came up with a very original concept somehow linked into the right people who could help them get it to the market mm-hmm. and maria on the other hand participated in the idea economy by looking and doing exactly what we said which was a skills audit of what am i good at mm-hmm. And then linking it into this, um, this, this art night concept to suddenly be making money, not from a job she was forced into by saying, okay, here is a library, you know, we're looking for librarians, but rather through saying, okay, like you say, I mean, my whole life I've been drawing, I've been doing this. And now I've linked that into to a business that was a unique venture that someone else created as well is just an exact example of how people and how the future of people earning an income is predominantly going to look like. Mm. Because as I said, 50 years ago, although Maria had this, um, this skill of drawing and this passion for it, she would have been sat behind a desk in the library for 30 or 40 years until she retired. Yeah. That's the way it used to work. Yeah. But and exactly like, and this is again a perfect example. Even the library is cutting back on their staff. Mm. So what was Marie, she was forced to do that that skills audit. She did it. She took the leap, which is also important. She she you know she said, well, this is something completely different. But she went for it, and now she exists in this new world. And what she can say is she has successfully transitioned from the jobs economy, which that's where she was when she was working at the library to a participating member of the idea economy where Mm. she is leveraging a skill that she has in order to provide for herself. So, Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's an, it's an excellent example, as I said, on the micro level, on Mm. on the level of like, on the level of the individual. individual, So we need to, we've got this, this transformation that's going to take place on a macro level and on a micro level, Mm. because the the one can't go without the other. So people can't change unless the right, the right structures also exist to accommodate those changes. So, so that's why it's, 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 it's like, it's, just simply, as I said, it's macro and it's micro. And we there sort of like an unpacked an example. Like it would be great if we knew if we could pull in the guy who, or the lady who, who, who started this business as well mm. to sort of complete the picture. But it's a, it's a fabulous example. And I, uh, you know, I'm sure that everybody who ends up listening will be able to say, Oh yeah. And you know, I know Dave, like Dave was, um, always such like uh, an Instagrammer, like his mm. personal account looked fantastic. He had so many followers and what did he do? He started an online uh, uh, social marketing business and mm. before you know, it was, was, was successfully making a living out of this. That is again, a, a, a perfect example. And again, what are the tools like, you know, things like Facebook and Instagram, uh, and, um, I mean, we're speaking on a platform right now, Zoom. Mm. These are the type of, of, of platforms that without which we wouldn't be able to make this transition because how before 
Facebook or how before Instagram could a small business or one individual actually market a service. I mean, if you go to traditional above the line media, you go to radio, television, billboards, Mm. you can't afford that. No way. There's no way. So, but what you can do is you can like exactly what you were talking about. Maria can have a, in an Instagram profile where she's posting her work. And I mean, obviously different platforms suit different, like for sure, man, hundred percent. Yeah. But it, it suddenly, these are the tools that we need mm. in order to, and I mean like Instagram in a way is, is to a lot of people, it's a social thing, but to mm. a lot more, like a lot of people, it's also a business thing. Mm. And these are like essential tools to, to, facilitate this transition and like we hinted at it before technology is both an enabler and a driver because technology is making a lot of jobs redundant yes so it's driving this change away which is forcing people out of jobs and so on but it's also enabling the change because in itself it's providing a platform for us to to change so it's like You've got this, this, this inexorable change that is sweeping through the world. And I mm. think kind of like you're going to get those people that cling on to the traditional economy, but mm. a lot of people won't be able to cling. The force of it is just going to sweep them away. Yep. And it's, 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 it's an adapt or die situation after mm. that. And I love your example because it is, it is a perfect example of, of adaption. And I think, you know, like you say, a lot of people probably when they, let's say, lose a traditional job are probably very despondent. And I mean, you also highlighted what's the worst case scenario. You know, you get people that are so despondent, they may choose to take their lives. But mm. what you need to realize is you're not alone. And a lot of people are going through this. And yeah what you need to do is you need to, to, like we say, conduct skills audit, look for a, a, a support network yes. and Hey man, just go with it. Yes. Don't be afraid of change. And don't be afraid of taking on this, uh, this new world that you live in. I mean, if I can, if I can add to that and just push back a little bit, I mean, I think what you're saying really is, is ultimately there's a message of hope, right? I mean, it's a really, it's a crazy, crazy difficult time. And when I mentioned that about people committing suicide, it wasn't, it wasn't to rag on people or, or, or put them down. It's actually like, I, f- I feel it's a tragic loss when, when people feel backed into a corner where, that, where they feel that's their only option. And mm. I think, like mm. you said, there are ways that we can get each other out of this. You know, I mean, I don't want to sound the, uh, you know, Harry Krishna, but like, if we stick together, like you said, if you, if you look for help and look for support, not just in terms of uh, mental health issues, but like in terms of business and evolution and personal growth, there is always some way to move forward. If you, yeah. if you've got, if you've got your eyes open to it, you know, Exactly. Well, and I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like, I think this change is happening and it's putting a lot of backs against the wall. Mm. And that's what, and I hinted at it earlier, you know, when I said like, gone are the days where your business idea was this thing that you had in the back of your head while you worked your nine to five job for 40 years and you never did it. Yeah. We're now being forced into a situation where we have to 
we have to take our ideas and our skills and mm. turn them into these products and services. Mm. And let me tell you, you need help. Like, yeah. <laughs> you need help, you know, like it's, it's sure. it can be very daunting and very difficult to, to, to do something on your own. So I think that's where we need to create this and that's what I want to do. And that's what mm. I want to do with my, you know, so I think, crystallizing more exactly what i'm going to do is is i'll be launching um my facebook group and it's going to be called i have an idea mm. and what it is is it's just a, a community of people where you can bring your ideas and bring yourself because mm. an idea is always a person as well yes and bring yourself and bring your idea and start to to connect with a, a community that can assist you in this, you know, in this transition. And like you said, I think when we, when we talk about mental health issues, like mm. a lot of mental health issues are derived from financial issues. I mean, let's, let's it's be huge honest. Factor. It's a huge, it's a huge factor. factor. Sure. Like, um, and obviously we can't fix everything. Um, but by playing like some small part in saying, okay, like, let's try and help other people to to turn themselves into into a, a business or a product mm. you can in some way like you know you can in some way assist people with, with problems that they're going through and i think as much as it's providing that platform it's like you say just a place to not feel alone anymore because i think you know loneliness is 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 one of the the fundamentals slow of, and insidious killer <laughs> exactly you know to, and you're not alone i'm not alone you know in my personal situation i know that and i'm aware of that like i'm not the only person that's had a business that's been um pretty much destroyed by this coronavirus i mean i've seen some pretty inspiring things as well um a guy um in my you know, in, in the area of Johannesburg where I stay, he ran the Comrades Marathon, which is a very famous ultra marathon in South Africa. It's like mm. 92 kilometers from uh, Durban to Peter Maritzburg. And he, in his house on a 15 meter passageway, mm. ran the equivalent of the Comrades Marathon to raise money to, um, to pay his staff during this, uh, uh, during this time. Oh, yeah, I mean, I was like, wow, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, but I think as well, like also though, when you see people doing something like that, don't, don't let that guy make you feel like less, mm. you know, that's like an extraordinary idea. Well, that's that where he's at. One yeah. person has come up with and done something amazing. For sure. So don't feel despondent that, oh, why didn't I do that? Mm. You know, that that's not the, that's not the, that's not the objective of looking at someone like that to make you feel even worse. Mm. It's just to say like, Hey guys, like there are ways out of this. There are things we can do. There are, you know, there are always possibilities and there are always opportunities. Mm. And, you know, it, it's also like, I, I sometimes feel this about those very successful um, face of business entrepreneurs, people that are out there. It's, guys, look at, you know, you, you mentioned Dan Locke. Guys, look at them. They say like, Oh man, you know, why am I not Dan Locke? You know, why haven't I made millions and millions and millions of dollars? Mm. But what I always try to say is like, you know, don't look at an outlier. Mm. You know, these people are outliers. Like mm. yes, we 
can aspire to be an outlier. But for every, for every one outlier there is in the extreme success, like if we were to plot people and say extreme success in a financial sense and extreme failure, mm. like honestly, I wouldn't even say to people, don't necessarily aim to be that extreme success because you're going to benchmark your own performance against something that is like the equivalent of winning the lottery. Yeah, or the or the Olympics, man. <laughs> exactly. That that's even better. That's which, which, even better. Which, which is a lottery, you know, it's a genetic lottery to us to a large degree, it's, Lawrence. Like, but I, I prefer your analogy of saying like not everybody who 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 runs or who throws a discus or whatever is gonna be an Olympic champion. Yeah. You don't have to be an Olympic no. champion. You, you don't know, you like, don't have to be Olympic champion to make it goddamn difference or to make a bit of money that's i think like what i take away from what you're saying exactly and let's not put the pressure on ourselves to 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 be these people sure yeah. if you end up being one great but let's understand like let's let's accommodate like let's accommodate the people that are in the middle and yes. the people that because that's where the bulk of the community is the bulk yes. of the community is in the middle and um you know it's like I've always had an issue with, you know, it's like take Instagram, not from the business perspective, but from the personal perspective. Mm. And it's people taking photos with fancy cars and private jets and so on, and sort of creating this like aspirational lifestyle, mm. which is actually meant to put other people down. Because it's what they're trying to do is say, look at me. I'm better and than compare, you. I'm, I'm better than you. Mm. And, that's how I fulfill myself by saying mm. that I'm by saying that I'm better than you. You know, you need to cut that type of noise out because mm. that's all that that is. That's noise. What you need to do is you need to be honest with yourself and honest with what you want to achieve. And sure, if that's what you want to achieve, great. But I would say like that stuff's not real. Mm. What's real is you and who you are and what your goals are and what your aspirations are. Mm. And, don't don't aspire to something that is just a you know it's a half the time it's a lie anyway yes i mean that, that's fun, that's fundamental for me and it can take a lot of work to get there but i think ultimately authenticity prevails right and I've, i think we're seeing that in this new economy as well like there's one example i wanted to share with you um on instagram there's a there's a lady who has a company called gardens of the sun Gardens of the Sun. You should check them out if you're interested in jewelry or anything like this. It's all ethical, ethically sourced stones, ethically sourced gold, like some of the most dazzling, beautifully handcrafted jewelry I've ever seen. This is not, a, she's not paying us to, to, to be on the show, but like Maria told me about her and I bought uh, Maria's engagement ring from this person. Now she's not huge. She's not like, uh, I don't know, big jewelry makers, but she's not in Hatton Garden. She's probably got maybe a thousand people or so, or maybe more that love what she does and buy her jewelry. And her Instagram is her business and her social life you can see is her business. Like she loves doing that. And she's managed to make something valuable, something that brings a lot of people joy in the new, in the new economy. So I think you're absolutely right, Lawrence. It basically, it all, it all comes down to authenticity. And being, having the courage to be authentic about what you want, your goals, and who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it's so key. And I think it's something that I've realized myself as well. That's definitely something that I'm coming to the realization. Like when I started out as an entrepreneur and I, um, 
and I ended up in the coffee business, mm. I've got to look and say, like, what of that is authentic, really me and how much of it was just me trying to, to create a, a product or a service that I felt was marketable because I think that authenticity is something that I'm still kind of searching for and I'm still looking for. And I think that's kind of what's brought me to where I am now because I think without authenticity, like you, it'll, it's obvious. You know, it's obvious, like you say, when somebody really just feels and loves what they do and what they do is part of them. So I think what you were saying is like the person's business Instagram account is actually their personal Instagram account because yeah. they're one. They, yes. they are what they do. That's exactly right. Whereas in another, in another, in a, another way of, and in some other businesses, you'll find that they can't be the same because it's not authentically what that person is. And that's not to say like it's wrong, but I think it's the, what you're saying is the perfect example of true authenticity is where you are what you do. Mm. And that is somebody who has definitely transitioned fully from, you know, into this idea economy and they just are a one man band who is their product, who lives their product and has just found a successful niche in 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 this in this new economy so yeah i love the example i'm excited to see this platform mate I, f I think there's a lot of people that you can help and when you talk about it you feel trustworthy and you feel inspired now don't get me wrong i i'm not going to sit here and pretend that you've got everything figured out that you know exactly what it's going to look like how it's going to evolve but there's something about it that, that I trust, you know, and I make it a job. I make it my job to discern those kind of things. You know, it's, it's very important to me in the work that I do. So I'm excited for it, mate. I was going to ask you, do you feel, this is a key kind of question. We're talking about like, what, what is the reality? Where is the reality? Like, do you feel this is going to be something where you'll potentially focus on South Africa, like bringing this transition to South Africa or do you think it's better to, it's, it's more right, more appropriate to go, look, it's a global thing. I'm just going to see where it lands. Like what, yeah. what, which direction is calling you more? If I can, maybe, maybe neither are speaking to you. I don't know. No, I think, um, I think it's something we can quickly touch on before we probably wrap up. I don't know how long we've yeah, been sure, going sure. for. <laughs> um, but what I'm essentially wanting to do now at this point is mm. really what I'm doing is I'm like, in a tasting phase, like a, a, a concept proving phase. Yes. So, okay, well, let me look locally around, let me look locally and let me look at local South African people. Mm -hmm. And what I want to do is I want to test like whether this thing has legs and there's an interest in it. Because ultimately what I would do is if I can create a successful community just in a Facebook ecosystem, for instance, mm. and if I can create a successful community there where people are able to share ideas and they're able to successfully link with one another, I would like to then build it into an independent web-based platform. So then to look at something that could possibly be international 
and could say and to could formalize it and give it like a better structure so in the same way that you kind of see um like fiverr for instance is a, a platform that um um you know freelancers and more in the sort of like the design and creative space can um uh go and sort of like post their skills mm. uh it would be very different but essentially fiverr is this platform that allows for customers and uh, uh providers to link service needs and service providers mm. And I think ultimately that this too could create something where you link people and ideas and that can be across the world. Because let's say for instance, John has an idea to import something from a certain region of China and you can somehow through create a platform that links him to whoever Simon in that's sitting in China that has a skill set that can help him take what he's looking for and get it there. So I think that's a global, that's, you know, that it's a global idea, but it would, I would like to sort of test it locally because Sounds I think that's me, also, that's, that's also key is that yeah. the modern economy is not local. It's global. The tools are global. Techno technology is global these platforms that we use are global so ultimately we need to think global we need to see the entire world as a marketplace and not just our countries and our local areas yes we can be successful doing that but what i'm saying is the ecosystem is global now mm. the ecosystem is is no longer local I think well it's been uh, it's been fantastic talking with you Lord. thanks for having me on man <laughs> yeah and, you know, thank you very much for you know for 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 doing this with me and through guiding me through this process and you know i look forward to to your involvement in in it in the future as well <laughs> thank you so that's it for episode one again thank you to all of those who never happened to listen in future episodes and specifically looking at episode two i think we'll get into some more detail around how the platform is going to work how people can interact with it and what sort of results we can expect to get from it from there moving into episodes three and above we'll see how the uh, reaction is from listeners and we'll just kind of take it one step at a time i know i'm very much learning in this process and i thank anyone who's there with me on that journey Cheers, and we'll see you next time.